Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. In my head, I thought these games were Tuesday and Wednesday. Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, New York Islanders. I am joined by one of my favorite top three Checking Out the Competition guests, Dan Saracini of Islanders Anxiety Podcast and Lighthouse Hockey Blog. Dan, how are you today? I am very well. And Kelly, you are my number one Flyers podcaster. I, I, I don't, don't listen to all the reviews on uh, the uh, Broad Street Hockey Podcast. You're my favorite one. Yeah, that's thanks. All the <laughs> other ones are terrible anyway. People, I know I'm going to say it out loud, but the rest of them are just, they just stink. Yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't believe this, hmm. but the Flyers and the Islanders haven't played yet this right. season. Seems really weird to me. I, I, in my head, I was like, no, no, they had to have played, but I went back <laughs> and haven't played since the preseason when the Islanders beat the Flyers three to nothing. Um, Back in those halcyon days before we knew how bad everything was going to be. I have no recollection of that game whatsoever, so I'll just take your word for it that that game actually happened. I have oh, no memory of it at all. Oh, Dan, I don't remember it. <laughs> in fact, it just informed me of its existence oh, when I was I looking earlier this morning. So, yeah, um, it's been a weird season for the Islanders. It's been a bad season for the Flyers. Um, your season, though, is pretty much completely due to COVID nonsense and injuries that have pretty much completely turned the Islander season upside down. I guess kind of Cliff Notes version up till now, what's been going on with the Islanders this season? Oh my God. What, what hasn't been going on? Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've, I've experienced a lot in my 30 something years as an Islanders fan. And this season is really kind of a new thing. Uh, you know, it's one thing when your team is poorly constructed or poorly coached or just, you know, just bad from the get go. And the Islanders have certainly created their own problems roster construction wise this season. Uh, the biggest one being that they traded Nick Letty, which was totally smart move. He was going to be a UFA. He was making a lot of money. They got a second round pick that they used on Atu Ratti, who's now their number one, really only good prospect. Uh, and so the trade itself was fine, but they never really replaced him. And it took Zdeno Chara probably about 25 games to look comfortable <laughs> in the lineup. Uh, and, you know, even then, by the time he did, like you said, I mean, their their season has been completely decimated by COVID and, and postponements. And, you know, it, it started out like, again, even if their roster wasn't as good as it was last year and like guys have taken a step back, Kyle Palmieri, who's on IR right now. He only has one goal this season. Josh Bailey has two goals and he could have made it three in a game against the Capitals on Saturday. Had he not passed the puck while he was by himself with four feet in front of the, the goalie with an open net, he decided to pass, which is the most Josh Bailey play <laughs> ever. Um, 
like the fourth line hasn't really been that great outside of Cal Clutterbuck. He's been good. Sezikis and Martin. Martin's been hurt a little bit. Sezikis really hasn't been up to his standard. So there's a lot of that going around too, but it's a lot of, it's been a lot of stuff that's been kind of out of their hands. They started with a 13 game road trip because their new arena was being finalized. And, you know, Barry Trotz said it wasn't even so much the road trip and being away from the families so much as it was like the schedule was kind of really messed up already. So they would play one game, have three days off, play back to back, have four days off. At one point, they had 11 days and they only played one game. They they played, I think, in Nashville on one Saturday and they were off an entire week. And then they played in Montreal the following Saturday. It's like, what are we even doing here? Like, I don't even, And so they never really got into a flow. And by the time UBS Arena opened and they got back, half the team had COVID. So they opened up this brand new arena that we've all been waiting, you know, 30 odd years for. And half the lineup are guys from Bridgeport. Like I'm, I was sitting there, I saw the... The fourth game was it was a one nothing loss to the Penguins, and I'm sitting there, and there's guys like Otto Koivula and Grant Hutton in the lineup, and I'm looking at my friend like, how do these guys even get here? Like, what are we doing? How is this even possible? And this is how we're opening the. And so, you know, they lost their first seven games in the arena because you never know who was in the lineup. And then by the time things started to stabilize, oh, by the way, at the end of that long road trip, Ryan Pollock got hurt, and he's their you know one B or one A defenseman. Brock Nelson missed some time. Uh, Nelson's back, but Pollock is still out. And so by the time things finally started to straighten out a little bit, they put together a bunch of wins and points, but they're still in last place. <laughs> They've still only played 30 games this season. I mean, it's, it's January 17th. They played 30 games. It's crazy. They have 52 games left. I can't believe this, you know? And so I, I don't even know. I, to me, it's not so much what they can do with the rest of the season, but, like, I can't see any of the teams in the Eastern Conference, like, losing 11 games in a row and giving the Islanders even a chance at almost making the playoffs. So it's kind of like going through the motions now, but it's just been a very weird, it feels like a very helpless season. Like there's so many things that have gone wrong that they had nothing to do with, which is kind of weird for the Islanders. Usually they're the, they're cause of their own demise, but in this case it kind of hasn't been. Well, I mean, they are, you know, five games in hand on Boston, seven games in hand on Pittsburgh um, for the wild card spots at this point. Which, I mean, like, that's, you know, that's surmounted. They're not that far back. Really. Yeah, but they got to, like, win those games. <laughs> I don't okay, know if they're going to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they need to win those games. Right. <laughs> and it would probably be helpful if those teams lost a bunch of games. But sure, I, it's not as bleak as the Flyers, mm. is, which is, you know, take your victories where you can get them. Um, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that uh, Ryan Pulak was hurt, but I think I read on your wonderful website that he might be coming back for this game against the Flyers. Uh, no, he's definitely no? not. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, he's uh, Lane Lambert. Oh, and by the way, Barry Trotz is now out on the COVID list. He's coming back too, right? He was that? No, no, he's out too. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, so it's been a, a rough couple of weeks for Barry. His mom passed away. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, just after New Year's. And so he missed a few days there, came back for one game, uh, was put on the COVID list, and now he's out again. So Lane Lambert is running the bench. And uh, yeah, and Pulik is still out. is skating, um, but he, he's been out for a while. And, and he will be. He was supposed to be out four to six weeks, but I think the six weeks was up about three weeks ago. So he's now coming on like two-month territory. And the Islanders are pretty conservative when it comes to that kind of stuff. So in a way, I'm not too surprised. And Nelson came back, I think, a little earlier than expected. But, uh, you know, they have less Bridgeport Islanders now in the lineup. But, um, again, the guys that are there just really, in, in a lot of ways, just haven't really been kind of firing on all cylinders that they like they have been. I mean, I just – this is not the same team that that 
beat the Flyers in the playoffs a couple of years ago or yeah. went to the conference finals last year against Tampa. Like that team, we've only really seen that team maybe three or four times this year. And it's really frustrating. Like, you know, they win games. They, they beat the Devils the other day and whatever. And they've won a bunch of games. But it's kind of like you're kind of hoping for something to happen. And they haven't really found that kind of defensive structure that they've been known for. So uh, if if this game is boring, it's not because they're playing great defense. It's because <laughs> these guys just aren't that good. They're just not playing really all that well right now. So it's, a, it's one or the other, really. Okay, so to clarify what I read, apparently Trotz and Pulak are eligible to be removed from the protocol list today, yeah. pending, you know, like asymptomatic things and all that kind of stuff. So, but Pulak is hurt anyway, so that doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Pulak definitely not. Barry Trotz, maybe. No, he's not. no, he's not. No. Yeah. No. no. Lambert okay. did the whole like pregame thing before, so it's gotcha, gonna gotcha, be gotcha. Uh, yeah. So. I guess it's like one of those things where there's not really a lot of explaining, right? Like yeah. it's the season is what it is because of circumstance more yeah. than anything else. It seems like, which is, it's gotta be like super frustrating. It is. It is. And it's even more frustrating when, you know, not so much now. Cause I think people have just kind of ignored the Islanders. Now they've, they've gotten to their natural position of just like completely forgetting that they exist. But like in the first couple of months, you know, I mean, this was a team that a lot of people picked to win the Stanley Cup and, yeah. you know, to get off to a bad start. You know, it's, I mean, the abs had a bad start, too. But right now they're back to being, you know, what they were. Um, and so people were kind of like at first kind of like snickering at their, you know, they, they were lost a bunch of games. And then, you know, they lost the first bunch of games at UBS Arena. And people are like either laughing at them or being like, what's wrong with the Islanders? And it's like, dude, look at the lineup. Like. You've never heard of all any of these guys, but then again, you know, even in a good year, most people haven't heard of half the guys on the island. So they didn't really know the difference between, you know, when Anders Lee is out of the lineup at that game I was at, some Penguins fan behind me was like, who's even the Islanders captain? And I felt like I was going to turn around and be like, uh, it's Anders Lee. He's not in the lineup right now. Some other guy is in his spot right now. Oh, it was Richard Ponick was in his spot. It was an old, you know, remember him from his Blackhawks days and whatever. Like, how did he even get here? Why, how, why did he even end up an Islander? Well, it was the Nick Letty trade, but it's just kind of a weird, yeah, it's a very kind of yeah. impotent feeling of being like, you can't even do it. But then, you know, at the same time, when they are healthy, they just haven't played all that well. And I don't know what what the answer is. Some guys have played well. Noah Dobson has played really well so mm -hmm. far this season. He's he's really kind of taken a step forward. Oliver Wallstrom and Kiefer Bellows have both been pretty good. Um, and Barzell is Barzell. Like, he's been his... And, and to Lee, to be honest, when he's in the lineup, has been really, really good too, but... Palmieri is kind of a huge disappointment right now. I know he's hurt, but and he's trying. Like his shooting percentage is like two percent or something. He's out there. He's doing everything he can. He just can't shoot the puck into the ocean. And uh, Nelson Bailey and Beauvillier were such an effective line, and they just haven't really found their place. And even JG Pajot, who uh, he uh, he missed the game the other day because his wife had a baby. Both he and Sebastian Ajo's wives wives had babies on the same day. I don't know how many times oh that happens. God. Yeah, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> two teammates' <laughs> wives giving birth on the same day, but. Uh, he just, you know, I mean, he, his motor is still fine. It's just he's just not scoring and he's just not kind of giving them everything that they've they've expected from him in the last couple of years. And so, yes, there's a lot of reasons that have been out of their con their control. But there are some also some times you look at them and you're like, something's wrong with this team. They need they need something. And I don't know where they're going to get it from without 
you know, this is a, it's an older team. They're, they're very up yeah. close to the cap. They, they did get, they did lose a lot of cap. Thank I don't know how the Arizona, Arizona Coyotes still felt like taking Andrew Ladd was a good idea from them, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see him on Friday. Um, but you know, they, Lou Lamorello did make some really interesting trades this year that cleared a lot of cap space, which is great. Um, but they have yet to really fill it with guys that are going to help them win, which I guess makes sense for this year. But, uh, that's, that's where I'm hopeful that at some point they can, you know, just say, well, this was this was a write-off season, and now we know what to fix, and we're going to go out and fix it. Hopefully, they can do that. But again, that's like seven months from now where <laughs> they're going to start to to work on that stuff. So, just looking at the numbers, it seems like goaltending at least has been pretty good. Elias Sorokin has a 9.25 right now. Varlamov a 9.17, so not terrible. I mean, 9.25 is pretty good. Has the goaltending been actually good, or is it you know? Yeah, the team in front. Yeah, the, the goalie's been good. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorokin has been great. He wasn't. He won against the Devils the other day, but he he let in a softie, which is kind of not mm. not the way he usually operates. But he's been very good. He's been, if anything, he has been the most consistent Islander because he's been very good all season long. And in fact, it bailed them out in a lot of cases. But he just wasn't getting the wins. Like he wasn't stealing anything. He was fantastic in a lot of games, but they just couldn't like he couldn't steal. He couldn't make that one save to steal the game. Varlamov's first bunch of starts, he started out like 0-4 or something, and he was absolutely terrible, but he was coming off an injury. And uh, in the last couple of games, he was very good. In fact, that that 2 nothing loss to the Caps, he was their only the only guy who really showed up. <laughs> he was great. I think he had 15 saves in the first period alone. Wow. Um, and so uh, he, he's been so good that uh, whenever Canadian writers need uh, a convenient goalie to for the Oilers <laughs> to trade for to save their season, <laughs> Varlamov is always on the top of the list. Like, oh, maybe they can get Varlamov from the Islanders. It's like... I guess, but I don't know what, what he's going to do for them at that point and, and what the Islanders would even want from the Oilers, you know, outside of uh, Dreisaitl or McDavid. So I, I don't know uh, how that's going to work. But no, they've been pretty good um, even when they when they lose. So, yeah, um, those numbers are definitely legit and they're both capable of stealing games. They just really haven't gotten they've really had no luck this season, too. I know that's it's a very sort of nebulous concept, you know, but they just, you know, you know how, you know, it's hockey like. Yes, sounds off the guy's ass or whatever, or some goalie makes a save, he, uh, save on a puck he didn't even see. Like none of that has been happening for the Islanders this season, and it's just again, it's a very odd thing that's just you know makes you look up at the hockey gods and be like, what 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 did we do? Well, you've abandoned us after yeah. all these years, you know. None of that stuff is happening. Yeah, people want to pretend that luck is not a real thing, but I, there's no other sport in which legitimately <laughs> like a right. real factor in wins yeah. and losses. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. None of that, you know, like, I mean, I saw Matt Martin bounce a puck off a guy of a goalie's mask and into the net last year. Like, how does that even happen? Only in hockey, even Martin was like laughing about it. He's like, all right, well, I'll take it. You know, that, that, those kinds of goals and that, those kinds of situations have completely abandoned the Islanders this year. They haven't been giving up too many stuff, things like that, knock on wood, but uh, they definitely haven't gotten anything like that either, which is just, it, it just makes for a very unfun season. Yeah. Nobody seems to be having a lot of fun out there. <laughs> And it's interesting because, like you said, even if they are on paper maybe a little bit weaker than they were last season, like the entire time that Barry Trotz has been with the Islanders, we've all been talking about how he's been able to get out of a team that on paper, you know, maybe shouldn't be as good as it is. He's able to pull out of these guys just like wins, Mm. non wins. Like for the last, you know, four years, it's been incredibly annoying as a Flyers fan to watch it happen. Um, what do you, is it really just, you know, luck that he hasn't been able to do it this season? Like, cause I, I seriously doubt there's like 
him losing the team or anything like that. Like, no, no, there's none of yeah. that. You know, they're 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 definitely still on board. But I, I don't know. You know, this is such a lame excuse, but I, I do wonder if there's something. Well, first of all, you know, half of the guys are on the COVID list, did right. experience yeah. symptoms. And so they come back like Bailey was a guy I was joking about him before, but like his first couple of games back from the COVID list, he, 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 first of all, he was quarantined in Florida because mm. he came to, he was put on the list just as they, at the end of their road trip. So he was like stuck in Florida. And then Matt Barzell later on was stuck in Detroit for like a week and a half. It's the same exact thing. Um, but you know, you can tell like certain guys, I think Sezikis too had a lot of issues coming out of the gate and they just, they didn't look like themselves and eventually kind of rounded out to be better. Um, so there is that aspect to it, but I wonder too, if like they've played a lot of games and, and over the last, you know, three seasons going deep into the playoffs. And then the last couple of seasons, I mean, as everybody knows, like have just been a complete mess. Like, yeah, okay. They had those big breaks, but then you hit the bubble and it's like, you know, like you're playing like a hair's on fire. Like there's just, you know, everybody's running around crazy and it's this like incredible two and a half month sprint to, you know, almost get to the Stanley Cup final. And then a year later, okay, fine. They have six months off. They start in January, but then it's this 50, 56 game sprint to the end. And, you know, Barry Trotz has even said like, he knows that when they get rolling, they're like an 18 wheeler going downhill. Like they're just a very, very hard team to stop, but they, they never really got rolling this season. And, and again, those, that style, that structure, has been pretty absent for all of about three or four games. My friend Michael Leboff and I on our show, we're always talking about these two games of the way they played, one in Montreal and one in Winnipeg uh, on a back-to-back. Or, yeah, back, yeah, no, it was a weekend. You know, it was a one game in between. But that looked like the old Islanders. They came out and they did their thing and barely gave either of those teams a sniff of any kind of high-danger scoring chance whatsoever. And, and it was great to watch. The Winnipeg game was a shutout. The Montreal game was almost a shutout, and and they were up five nothing. And Trot started messing with the power, you know, like you know how coaches will, like put the non power play guys out in the power play that late in the game. Well, Barry started doing that, and it cost them two goals, but they still won, and it was still a pretty dominating performance. And then they had two games, one in Vegas, and then one in Arizona, where the same thing, like they looked real, they looked like themselves, and it was awesome. And that was like in November, and since then it's been very hard to to see that. So. Maybe they'll get to that point again at some point, but without Pollock, it's very hard. Without uh, Trotz there, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. And just without, you know, finding that kind of rhythm. I mean, th- this is this game will be, I think, their third game in the last 25 days. Like, they have barely played anything at all in the last three weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. And so, you know, then they if, they, if the schedule holds – They'll have a nice long run of games like every day or every other day at home, and maybe they can make some hay. But if one or two of them gets postponed or the other team gets rescheduled or something like that, then there goes that. And honestly, again, their chances of making enough points up to even get into the wildcard conversation is it's pretty slim. So, I yeah. mean, at that point, like, what are we even trying to do here? All you're doing is taking yourself out of a pretty darn good, you know, uh, drafting position, but the Islanders are never going to do that. I mean, they'll yeah. they'll fight tooth and nail for ninth place if they have to. Like that's just how they they're built. But uh, right, yeah. You know. <laughs> so you mentioned that they have a bunch of cap space thanks to yeah. Luke doing some stuff in the off season. And on your recent podcast, you guys talked a little bit about maybe them trying to acquire one of the young defensemen that yeah. are you know rumored to be available. Do you really think they'll be buying this season, or do you think that's more of an off season thing for them? Uh, man, I don't know. I, I think they're going to have to see how they are. When the trade yeah. deadline is like March something, right? Something, like, yeah, something like that. 
you know, if let's say they put together some kind of crazy winning streak and and leapfrog, you know, the Devils, Blue Jackets, maybe even the Flyers, and like start getting a little bit closer to Boston and Pittsburgh, man, I could see them maybe making that making a pickup now. They don't have much to sell off. <laughs> like there's not much like. You know, I, I don't think they'll if they're not a buyer at the deadline, I don't think they'd really be much of a seller. Um, yeah. But, you, you know, I think uh, to me, the Chikrin stuff, I kind of find funny. I don't know what the Coyotes would want for Jacob Chikrin. I feel a little bit bad for him. I mean, the Islanders have been in this position where you're absolutely terrible. You only have one good player. So everybody's talking about how everybody's trying to get that one good player from you. And they, you know, they talk about him like he's made out of gold. And then he ends up getting traded for you know, a second round pick and some prospect nobody ever heard. Of. So, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> there's that could possibly happen. Um, the Klingberg stuff I find interesting. I feel like, you know, they've gotten to a point now with the stars where they want to get rid of him. I could see him being a cheaper like option to get, but at the same time, then you got to sign him to a contract. Cause if you're going to get him, you got to sign him. To right. something. And I, they probably could do that, but you know, what's it going to cost? And, and, you know, maybe they give up somebody who's making a lot of money too. So, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I feel like we're we were kind of rationalizing hope trying to have hope this season and trying to find something to latch on to to maybe like you know give us that that extra juice because uh you know it, it it's been a really this is just this season has been completely I, I don't I don't know how to really describe it. It's just been such a such a disjointed, demoralizing, depressing season. And the fact that they came in with such Stanley Cup hopes makes it even worse. Even right. if they didn't, it would still kind of just be a generally shitty season. But the fact that they came in like, man they got a real chance of winning the cup this year just makes everything just like the cherry on top of a really disappointing season. And, uh, yeah, you know, for the first time in, you know, whatever 30 years, you could say that about the Islanders and then this happens. So yeah, what are you going to do? I would like to tell you that giving up the hope makes it better, <laughs> which is kind of what I was expecting. Cause I, I hung on a little bit longer than most Flyers yeah. fans this season to the idea that maybe they could turn it around. And now that I have, fully died inside and know that they're not anything. <laughs> I thought it would feel better, but it really doesn't. It's yeah. still <laughs> well, you like know. you said, I mean, the, the flyers have, have a lot more, I think questions. And, you know, the one good thing about, well, I shouldn't say a couple of good things about the Islanders this season is they don't have that sort of like ancillary outside. Oh my God, what the hell is this team going to do kind of uh, aura about them that they had for a very long time. They have the arena. So we're done with that stuff. Yeah. People complain about the parking, but they're building a parking garage, and once that goes up, everybody will shut up about it, and they'll be fine. You know, so that the arena stuff is done. They got the arena; they're going to be there for 50 years. We don't need to worry about oh, they're going to move to Quebec. We don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Um, you know, they have a coach. They, Barry's contract is up, but I have a feeling he's going to get re-signed. Lamorello is not going anywhere, and you know, people can complain about him. He's old. He's, the style is boring, whatever. But trust me when I tell you that having a a GM who actually knows how a hockey team is supposed to be run makes a big difference because <laughs> the Islanders for a long time had GMs that didn't really know how hockey teams were supposed to be run. And uh, I'll take Lou over both of them any day of the week. So, you know, they don't have much of a prospect pool. I get that, but they have some guys that are, that are locked up for a long time. Barzell's going to be here for a long time. Uh, Lee obviously is still pretty good. Uh, the Pelic who's going to the all-star game. Pollock is going to, they're, they're all signed. Uh, Dobson's going to be here for a while. Sorokin's going to be here for a while. So, I mean, they have key pieces there that in years past they did not have. And it was like, you know, they only have one good player. It's like, oh, my God, what happens when he leaves? Well, you know, now we know. Like, they can make do without that one guy whose name I shall not say. But, uh, <laughs> they, uh, you know, so that kind of stuff, thank God that kind of stuff is done. And we can just focus on the disappointment of the season. 
when I look at the Flyers and, you know, obviously I follow you and a bunch of other the BA, uh, Broad Street Hockey folk, uh, and you guys are, you know, kind of complaining or upset about or not upset about the Flyers not mentioning Ed Snyder's birthday. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's Lord. not us. <laughs> Thank God for once. This is where, this is where this is what it's come to in yeah. Philadelphia. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. At some so, point, uh, someone's going to complain that, like, I don't know, right. they turned the temperature up too high in the Wells Fargo yeah. Center. And it's I mean, you've got fans are soft and they can't handle like it like some kind of nonsense it's you've just, got dueling legends you got bob clark over here and ron hextall over yeah, here yeah. and they're like sniping at each other or at least clark is doing i guess the majority of the sniping yeah. yeah that's the kind of stuff that fortunately the islanders have managed to avoid for this season for you guys unfortunately this is kind of where you are where you're at as a franchise and i could tell you from experience it's not fun <laughs> it's definitely not fun it doesn't no. seem it doesn't look like it's going to be a good time for us for a little while. But um, I personally want to know what the new arena is like because the pictures look pretty sick. It It is pretty sick. Uh, I was lucky enough to go, uh, again, that early game. against The game itself sucked, but the arena itself is fantastic. And, again, this is something that Islanders fans have been waiting for a very, yeah. very, very long time. Uh, it's right outside Belmont Park if anybody has been there. You know, it's kind of a weird fit a little bit because the racetrack is right there. And the parking lot is on the other side of the racetrack. So if you do park in what's called the south lot, you kind of have to walk over there. But there are shuttle buses that can take you back and forth. But again, these are these are issues that will get kind of straightened out over time. But yeah. once you walk in, it's fantastic. There's a bar there. If anybody's going, there's a bar uh, called, uh, I guess it's the Belmont. I'm not even sure. I think it's called the Belmont. That's open all the time. So, you know, you can game game or no game. You can go in there and it's just a regular sports bar. They got games back there. They got a whole wall of like met walls of memorabilia, famous Long Islanders and stuff. There's a lot of Ralph Macchio there. So if you go in there, you see Ralph, like, you know, 15 pictures of Ralph Macchio. That's by design. That's supposed to be like that. Um, and then when you walk into the arena proper, there's a staircase and there's a huge uh, wall of like uh, digital walls. So there's pictures of Islanders fans and all kinds of stuff. And then the MSG uh, intermission and pregame and postgame areas right there. So you can see Shannon Hogan and whoever her co-host is for the day and then um there's the islanders hall of fame which was always part at nassau coliseum but it was in the bowels of the coliseum like where the players locker room is and so now right. they've brought it out so you can see plaques of guys who are in the islanders hall of fame the usual suspects you know your pot fans and bossies and trottiers and all those guys but it's cool to see and then around the walls in certain sections you have like a, a wall of records and a wall of like captains and award winners and and it's the kind of thing, it's like an Islanders theme park, as my friend called it. Like, it's just a really cool, you know, you feel like you're at home in an Islanders arena. It's very bright and well lit. There's a huge, huge um, Isles Lab, which uh, is part of like the uh, the um, the gift shop. So you can like make your own Islanders stuff, basically. Um, That's and then fun. You, yeah, it's great. And then there's a whole section. If, you, if people get there early and you just keep walking the entire first concourse, there's a whole section of... Uh, concert pictures my friend and i were walking all of a sudden the, the hockey pictures turned into concert pictures and i had no i mean i lived on long island for 26 years and i had no idea they ever had concerts at belmont park and all of a sudden i'm looking at pictures of like hello cool j and gladys knight and ray charles all playing at belmont park and i'm like this these happen holy crap i didn't even know that this was a thing i mean again the last concert there i think was was hello cool j so that gives you a, a guess as to how long ago that was but uh it's really cool and then on the second concourse um there's a whole section, I don't know if you saw this, but there's a, a 
the Islanders have this supporters group called Section 321 from the Coliseum. They moved them over here too. It's still Section 321. And behind them is a huge or two huge sort of banners with logos of Islanders fan groups from around the world. So you'll look up and you'll see like oh, wow. Islanders UK, Islanders Brazil, Islanders San Diego, Islanders Philly, Islanders New Jersey. Like they're all over the place. And, and it's really, really cool. Um, and so it was really built with, you know, Islanders fans in mind. But the the bowl itself is very reminiscent of Nassau Coliseum. It's very open and it's very kind of old school. And the game, the game ops are basically straight out of Nassau Coliseum. Uh, so it does feel very familiar, but the, uh, the whole place is fantastic. Again, I, I can't get over it. My, as my friend put it, like it almost feels too good for the Islanders. Like, we shouldn't, <laughs> we shouldn't live in this, this kind of luxury here. We shouldn't have like, you know, the Shaq's big chicken arena food thing here, or like, you know, all this cool stuff built just for us. Cause it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> but uh, but the arena really it really is a really cool place and and it's uh, it's there's for for a very long time now. God only knows what's going to happen in Nassau Coliseum, but its time had come and gone, <laughs> and right. and it's, it was time to retire it, and it's been it's long time to retire it. So people some people are like, oh, I kind of wish they were back there. No, that time is done. They're they're moving on now. And the problem with Barclays Center was that it just never really felt like a home for the Islanders. And right. so now you've got the best of both worlds. And from what I understand, the ice is great. Uh, the players love the locker room area and stuff down below. And uh, if you are lucky enough to sit in the spotlight club, which is like right behind the bench, you can eat in a place that you can see the players. Like uh, it's got both hallways to the locker rooms. So you can kind of see oh, wow. moving up and stuff like that too. So uh, I, I know it's flyers podcast, but if you guys ever get a chance, it's a short ride up there and check it out. I mean, how often are you going to see a brand new building? open up before it gets, you know, trashed and wrecked over the course of the next 50 years or so. So uh, it, it is very, very cool. And uh, and I don't think tickets are really that expensive either. So check it out. I mean, as as a longstanding suffering fan base, the hockey gods <laughs> had to give you a little bit of, you know, the yeah. first season that the team has been not outstanding for the last four years is the season that your lovely new arena opens. Yes. Yeah. There's the irony has definitely not been lost. <laughs> I mean, they only have so many good things happen at once, I guess, but uh, that's the way it works out. Then that's the way it works out, you know, but yeah. yeah, not, not having to answer questions about, you know, Oh my God, how are they going to get there? How are they going to fill enough people in this place? And what are they going to do? You know, what, what some two bit Nassau County politician has to say about this. I don't have to care anymore. I don't care. They got the building. You can say whatever they want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> now, now I know where they're going to live for the next, you know, for the rest of my life, basically. And that's it. All right. So let's just, for funsies, mm. final scores for both of these games. Because why well, not? Well, I mean, I think it's obvious that both of these games are going to go to overtime. Like, these teams don't yeah, play. I, didn't wanna, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to mention it because I just, like, I didn't want to put it out into the yeah. universe. Tonight's game is a 7.30 game, which yeah. is already just the most annoying thing. So tonight's game, almost certainly. Yeah, definitely. From what I understand, so all the Islanders home games all start at 7.30 now. And for oh, years okay. it was 7 o'clock. That might be a Lou Lamorello thing. I have no, I can't really confirm or deny, but that might be his thing. But yeah, no, definitely the, the least convenient possible scenario for tonight would 100% be overtime. So uh, prepare for that at least. And then maybe tomorrow doesn't go to overtime. I don't know. But I, I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know how to say this in a not a not very condescending way, but I think the game might mean a little more for the Islanders than it does for the Flyers right now. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, they need the points. The Their next game, so they got these two games, Monday, Tuesday. Their next game is Friday against Arizona. And then they play Saturday against the Leafs. And as we said on our podcast, 
they need to get six points out of these first three games. Like the Leafs game, obviously, is going to be pretty tough, but you got two teams on the on just the wrong side of the game right now. One of them, obviously, the worst team in the league. They need six points out of here if they're even almost going to keep those hopes alive. So I, I yeah. do think the Islanders are going to probably put in a pretty good effort. They didn't do much on Saturday, but I think against these guys, they can. Now, are they going to take, you know, could I see the Flyers maybe taking one of these in overtime? Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I'm going to say that the Islanders are really going to come out and try and try and pull away as quickly as they possibly can. But. You know, the way this season has gone, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost both of them either. <laughs> so I can't, can't really trust anything, you know, with these guys. And again, it's not even their fault. Like, they might come out and put 50 shots on the Flyers and still lose one nothing. Like, it's just that's the way the season has gone. So I, um, I, I think that the Islanders are going to win both of these games. The Flyers are now at the point in which every win simply hurts the draft position. Like, I think... Yeah. I think it was yesterday Micah tweeted that they're now 1% chance to make. <laughs> so winning the games is useless. And also they don't seem to do it very much anymore anyway. So I'm going to say tonight, let's go with three, two overtime win for the Islanders, just for maximum annoyance for me. Personally. <laughs> um, and then let's say tomorrow, I feel like it'll be more of like a three, one, four, two Islanders win, just like a, a definitive yeah. I mean, the the old Carter Hart is back now. Well, at least he is, it seems he, like he's mostly back. So that's, that's a big difference. You know, that's that's real. Anno- that's the most annoying part is that <laughs> he bounced completely back, just completely back to good Carter Hart. And the entire rest of the team in front of him has just completely fallen apart. <laughs> so You know yeah. how. That's a huge, you know, he could erase everything that we just said, basically, in one thing. Yeah. So he can't score goals, though. That's the problem. If only he yeah. can learn goals yeah sounds like the islanders <laughs> same thing <laughs> so one note just for everyone listening tomorrow's game is one of those extremely annoying espn plus hulu exclusives so you can't watch it on the tv you're gonna have to watch it on the streams and you know whatever mm-hmm. um so remember that dan where can people find you on the internet um, so still at Lighthouse Hockey, still always doing Islanders Anxiety with my friend Michael Leboff. And then we just actually premiered a new podcast uh, that we've been talking about doing for a while called Weird Islanders, where mm-hmm. we have a guest and the guest, we have a whole list of guys who played one season or maybe like multiple parts of, uh, you know, small parts of multiple seasons, or they're like veterans that people don't generally associate with the Islanders. And the guest picks one of those Weird Islanders and we talk about them. And our first episode is about Brian Rolston who a lot of people listening might remember from his days with the Devils or maybe the Bruins. Well, he was an Islander for 50-something, extremely disappointing, completely <laughs> worthless, dogged games. And uh, we just talked about him. And, of course, it opens up the, the rabbit hole and we just kind of fell down. So uh, uh, it's a fun it's a fun time. And it's just, you know, shooting the shit about some some weird guys that nobody remembers but us, basically. And uh, so that's that's the first episode. We're going to get some more coming soon. And, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a fun time. And it's Definitely less less anxiety than Islanders anxiety, as uh, as the title would imply. But, that is yeah, an extremely fun idea for a podcast. Hockey podcasts need more like not current events based podcasts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you can listen to them whenever, right? And they're you know good and fun. And and I'm assuming it's hilarious because you're hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we we had a good. I mean, we we actually just spent most of the time laughing because I mean, as people that watched it, I mean, there was. It was one of the singular most ineffective and awful seasons we've ever seen from a guy who, quite frankly, should have known better. Like he was like 38 at the time and 
what are you doing dogging it for this team, man? And then, of course, he goes to the Bruins at the trade deadline and he scores like 11 points in six games or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> hold on. I said, what, what? Where was this? Like, come on. Anyway. So, yeah, we had it out. But, yeah, check it out. And it's short. So you can check it out. And yeah. I, I guarantee you could you could do a Flyers one, a weird Flyers podcast. And that's oh, yeah, I guarantee it. If the Weird Islanders continues for a long enough time, we will get to a Derek Broussard episode and then we'll we'll have to have that will be on. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Dan, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I really appreciate it. I hope that you enjoy watching these games. I hope that the Flyers make it at least a little bit fun for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ho- hopefully they're at least entertaining. That's the, but that's- knowing these two teams, that that probably won't happen. But yeah, this is anytime. I, I I can't believe this is their first games against these guys either too. So it's wild. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone, enjoy the game. Don't forget, can't watch on TV tomorrow. Go Flyers. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.